one of the one of the biggest prospects in Australia, MMA and boxing, is Isaac Hardman. What's going on, Isaac? Uh, how is life right now? Is, are you still under lockdown over there? Uh, no, nah, Brisbane, Queensland's doing pretty well, so living the dream, mate. Back in the gym, never really stopped, so... Uh, first four weeks, I did give up a little bit and throw my hands in the air and say, why us? Because um, like, I work for my um, my coach and he's like a dad to me. So the gym got shut down and it was like, why us? But we just come to realise everyone's in the same sort of situation and just had to keep on moving forward. So I you know, I slacked off for the first four weeks, but he gave me the boot up the ass I needed to um, get and uh, back on the horse and we're back to it. So, you know, I could fight this weekend if I wanted to. If that was a fight, I'd you know I could make weight fight this weekend. Well, there's a lot to talk about, man. Cause uh, yeah, you know you 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 started off with the MMA and 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 kind of blew up the scene over there in Australia, picking up two titles pretty three. easily, man. You three titles, okay, three, three titles, three right? Titles, three titles, yeah, man. but three titles. Uh, the ones that are uh the most the most recognizable would be the AFC title and the XFC title. If anybody knows yeah. about the regional scene, and yeah. uh. And then you decided, like, I'm not going to fight MMA anymore, man. The last fight you had was in 2017. Uh, A lot of guys were calling you out at that time because I remember you fighting. How did you react to that? Because you just... Yeah, like, a lot of people said that fight me after I had made the switch to boxing. or like, So what had happened is I was coming through and I won my titles. And at the time, I was a little bit younger and, um, you know, didn't have as much as as a voice as I do now. Um. So I wasn't doing the calling out thing. Um, I never once said I was ready for the UFC. I always had said, um, you know, if it comes, it comes, we'll take it. Um, and then I knocked Rob Hill out and still remained, um, you know, quiet and didn't call for my shot. And then I went and hurt my knee. So I had a full uh, rupture in my ACL. And um, then that that was two, the start of 2018, just after I had a boxing fight. You know, the start of 2018, the plan was to defend my XFC title. Uh, then signed to the UFC straight up. I had um, Alex Volskanovsky's manager in the gym with us at Nitro. He flew in. Um, he had to see someone in Byron Bay, and he come and dropped in and said, mate, listen, get this fight done. Don't talk to anyone else. We get you there. You know, that's Alex Volskanovsky's manager. So, um, you know, and then I hurt my knee. Uh, and, you know, that's when everyone said they'd fight me. But, you know, beforehand... They, I could, I had to have a boxing fight because no one would fight me in MMA. So at 70 kilos, so I went and done the boxing fight, um, hurt my knee, and just sort of reevaluated things. Realised, you know, the UFC isn't the be all and end all. In actual fact, you know, they don't get paid the way they deserve to be, and that's been, um, you know, coming out in the media as of late. And for what you go through, like doing your MMA training and getting smashed with four ounce gloves on, and how ruthless. Um, the UFC is like, yes, it is one of the most, probably the most popular combat sport in the world. Everyone knows what the UFC is. It's like, you know, it's like Kmart. Everyone knows what Kmart is. Everyone knows what UFC is. So, um, you know, everyone wants to be in it, but it's so ruthless and cutthroat. You get in and have one bad performance, they'll kick you to the curb. Doesn't matter who you are. Like, they want the next star right away. And um, I just realized, come to realize, I had a bit of time off. I'd been doing, you know, fighting and staying fit and on a diet since I was like a, before I turned, just after I turned 18, so I didn't get to go out and do anything, and I, at the time I ruptured my ACL, I was 23 or something so I just sort of reset some goals and um, come to realise, you know if I want to do the MMA and the UFC it'll come down the track, and 
the plan was still coming back after injury was have one boxing fight and get the nerves out. And I'm, I'm ha- I happened to get a late call up fight on a big um, big uh, pay per view card here in Australia, Paul Gallen versus John Hopewadi. And um, I jumped on that card and ended up knocking the prospect out in the first 40 seconds at two divisions above what I normally fight at. And uh, one of the big time promoters here in Australia, Dean Lonigan, uh, I didn't know him at the time. I didn't know any of them at the time. The first three boxing fights were meant to be stitch ups. I took them all on, you know, within a five day notice. And um, I was meant to lose. I was just this MMA guy. You know, the boxers don't respect uh, MMA guys because. To be honest, most MMA guys can't box nicely. You know, you throw an MMA guy in with a boxer. We've seen it all on, you know, YouTube. Vasily Lomachenko and TJ Dillashaw, he got his ass handed to him. So that's, I think, what they were expecting. And I knocked out the first three boxes. So, you know, all that, long story short, I got on this card and performed really well. And Dean Lonigan reached out to me. And, you know, that's Jeff Horn's promoter. He's a man that got many Pacquiao here to Australia. He um, promoted, you know, uh, Joseph Parker to his uh, world title fight with Anthony Joshua. So... He approached me and Blair and we had a couple of sit-down meetings and presented me this contract that for the next, you know, however long, um, all my fights will be on pay-per-view. Foxtel here in Australia, um, he's got the ABS Australian Boxing Series here and he's got a three-year deal with uh, Foxtel where he has to run at least 10 shows a year that get aired live to an Australian audience and then three pay-per-view um, slots a year um, on main events. So... Uh, and it's like more of a career choice for me. I love fighting, but fuck, you know, like everyone says, you got to get paid. You can't do it for free. It's not the sport you want to do for free. Like, um, so I want to get paid. I want to have a good life. Um, I want to make good money. That's what it is about. Like, I like nice things now. Um, I come from nothing in saying that I never went without, though. And, um, you know, I just want to make some fucking good coin and do something I really love. And I love the contest as well. So whether it be MMA or boxing, but for now and for the next... You know, five to six years, I'm going to win that world title in boxing. And then if I do want to go over to MMA down the track, the way I look at it is um, picture, say, Canelo Alvarez, one of the biggest names in boxing. Before he got into boxing, had an MMA career and a legit three um, regional uh, regional titles and then says, I want to fight in the UFC. He gets to step straight over there, massive amounts of money, two sports coming together, sort of like the reverse of what Conor McGregor did. You know, but actually having a legit boxer coming over and being able to punch on and four ounce gloves, be able to wrestle, submit, and all that sort of stuff, it'd be awesome. So, if I want to do that, that's down the track. But for now, it's boxing. Yeah, um, I spoke with uh, Rashad Mahdi a few months back, and yeah, and uh, he's it's kind of similar to your story. He uh, he was offered a contract. Uh, you know, there was rumors that you got offered a contract from the UFC three times, and and yeah, you passed yeah, it up. Like, I've got the emails for, like, they approached my coach, you know, mm-hmm. um, Sean Shelby. So, um, one in Adelaide, Perth, and then just recently started the year in Auckland. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's, you know, that was after two years of being out of the sport and they still wanted to sign me. So, um, you know, when it comes and my profile gets bigger, the ball mm-hmm. will be in more my court. Sort of like the way Israel mm-hmm. Adesanya did, I guess, you know. He mm-hmm. had been asked and asked and asked and then when he decided to make the jump over, He's a fucking superstar now, so, you know, and he, he runs his own show, so that's the way I want. I don't want to be um, just a piece of the puzzle. I'm the puzzle. I want to be the one that's calling the shots, and that's the way it is, and that's the way the boxers get to do it a little bit more. They get to decide when they fight, where, and for how much, whereas in the UFC, because it's so dense and populated, if you don't take the fight for that amount of money, they just go, well, see you later. We'll get the next guy, because there's a line out the door and around the corner to sign to the UFC. And I think just um, some of these young cats are a little bit naive. And 
if they're in the UFC, they're going to get paid millions, but it's not that way. It's, you know, I got paid more in my first contract to box a fight in Australia than I did, you know, than I got offered to the entry-level uh, UFC purse, you know? So, you know, it's it's not the be-all and end-all. Exactly. If it do doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, 100%. All right. Now, you know, when you got those offers, did people around you tell you you're crazy for passing it up or were they very supportive? Uh, no, like the people that, like, matter um mm -hmm. supported my decision mm -hmm. and like the people that you know i have a you know i'm a pt like a boxing coach and i personal train and stuff like that and you know that would come up in conversation they go man you know you could be in the usc but they're just the general public so mm -hmm. they would say often man you should fight in the ufc but uh the people that know like are in the know they they want what i want so and what i want is important and you know they support my decision so no, even Adrian Pang, who's my MMA coach, he supported my decision 100%. And, you know, it would be great for his business and his gym to have another, you know, he's had a lot of guys come through the UFC. Cole, no, you know, Damian Brown's no longer part of the team, but he was in the UFC. He got his shot when he was under Adrian Pang. And when he got out, he lost his fight. So, um, you know, stuff like that is, it would be cool for his business. And he would have, he could have pressured me into making that decision for his own benefit, but he didn't. He supported me 100%. And that's what counts. So I've got the right people around me um, that support my decision and uh, back me 100%. And what, what's best for me, not what's best for them at the time. Yeah, shout out to Adrian Pang, man, one of the toughest yeah. guys out oh, there in Australia. Weapon. Yeah, 100%. Still got now, strong um, at 42 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let's uh, move on to, to the boxing, you know what I mean? That's what you're focused yeah. on. You're, you're 6 and yeah. 0, five knockouts. Uh, you're, yep. you're training over at Nitro Boxing Fitness yep. Center with Blair Studley. Studley? That's right, yep. right? You know, yep. talk yeah, about yeah. working with him over the past few years and, and developing your game. Yeah, Blair, I come on with Blair after I lost to Jamie Malarkey. I was on a TV show and I defied him. I was amateur at the time. Hadn't done any strength and conditioning and um, I went and started working for Blair. And since then, I've been with him coming up five years now. And, you know, I lost my dad to cancer and Blair... Since the day dot, he's been that role model for me and that sort of figure and my mentor. And he pulls me up when I need to be pulled up. He lets me know what needs to be, like, what I need to hear. And he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He's a straightest shooter around. And um, he's so versatile in the way he teaches things. And because I think he's not, like, a perfectionist boxing coach. Like, he trains Adrian. He does, a, like, kickboxing. He's got a whole heap of kickboxing gloves. He's kickboxing himself. Um, so... He uh, is like uh, we have different concepts and stuff like that, so which I like too, and which some boxers don't like. They won't agree with some of the stuff we do and the way we do it. Um, but that's why I've been successful because I'm different. And um, Blair's been amazing. He is hands down. If he wasn't to be my coach, I don't, I wouldn't box anymore. Like that's how much that man means to me. It's um, it's an incredible relationship, and you know, I get emotional talking about Blair. He's, he's a weapon, and he's um, he's something else. Yeah. Yeah, you, you mentioned him as someone that, you know, you couldn't imagine yourself without. And in the yeah. news recently in Australia, there's a, a, a famous trainer uh, named Dundee Kim. Yeah, Glenn Rushton and Dundee. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, like, we have talked about this, which is just, I don't know where Dundee Kim got his famous name from in the boxing scene. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know where, he, uh, what he does or we, uh, I don't, we're dumbfounded by, the, like, where he got that recognition on stuff like that. I don't know if he comes from a different background and moved over. I'm not too sure, but what he had done with Jeff Horn and 
Yeah, that's it. Just a bad act. I reckon it's um, that's a bad move. I think that'll be that'll come back and bite him in the ass for sure, 100. You know, he lifted Jeff Warner up when he beat Pacquiao at Suncorp six, you know, however long ago that was. That's a pretty significant thing to do. I think it's uh, it's not right. I don't reckon. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's it's a pretty wild story, man. In in the, yeah, in yeah, the boxing crazy. community, to have his next opponent there and like teaching and showing him the ins and outs of what he knows about Jeff for the last six years. It's pretty shit go, I reckon. Yeah, anyway, they're, they're calling him an informant. You, you, want your, you know, 20 <laughs> seconds of fame, and that's what you want to do for it, so be it. He's his own man, and he wanted to make that decision, but see what happens after. You know, that's one of the biggest fights coming up in Australia, Jeff Zorn, uh, Horn versus uh, Tim Zhu. Like, what do you yeah, think yeah. about that fight? You know, do you, who do you give the edge to in that one? Um... I've done a lot of rounds with Jeff Horn. I've done a lot of rounds with him getting ready for... Um, I was on the same... He's undercarded against the first of Rafa. Um, and then I went back uh, for my next fight as well. And he's... You know, our next dates were pretty close. So, I've done a lot of rounds with Jeff Horn. And, you know, sparring, sparring. I had a lot of success in sparring. So did he. Like, um, And that's the thing. Sparring is sparring. And there's guys that don't, you know, really spar well. Um, and then they turn it on on the night. So, Jeff is a complete weapon. Like... He's a nice, I couldn't say a bad thing about Jeff Warner. He's a fantastic bloke. I don't know too much about his coach. Um, I haven't had many interactions with him, but Jeff, as a person, great guy. Um, and I just had been invited by Tim Zhu. His manager, Glenn Jennings, asked me to come down before this COVID to do some rounds down there with Tim. And um, we couldn't get away at the drop of a hat, me and Blair, because we would both have to go with the gym and stuff like that. So we tried to organise a couple of weeks um, in advance, and then COVID happened. So... I'm sure he'll want to do rounds in the future. I'd love to do the rounds with Tim. and But I, I just think um, Tim's young, hungry. Uh, it's, this is I'm saying it's Jeff's last big fight. You know, if he gets up, he'd probably go on to, you know, try to fight for another world title. But it's a young man's sport. And um, I think, you know, Tim's hungrier. It's sort of like the, you know, Jeff when he was fighting Pacquiao. Jeff was so hungry. Pacquiao was a little bit seasoned, probably wasn't as mad. But then again, they're saying Jeff... Um, is refreshed and stuff like that. So you never know. But And last time I backed against Jeff, against the second Zarafa, he got up. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying anything this time, but I think it'll be a great fight. Is there any possibility that you could be on that card coming up? Yeah, 100% I'm on the card. Like, they wanted me on the one when they got it done for April, but Blair was going to be away for his wife's birthday, so we decided not to fight because I wouldn't fight without him there. But uh, my matchmaker is all their matchmakers. Um, so... They were just ringing us yesterday saying a projected date. So I'll be on that undercard for sure. I was meant to be for an Australian title against a certain guy, but um, he yeah. had broken his collarbone, uh, something like that. That's how the story goes. Everyone gets injured when they got to sign a contract. But um, hopefully it's true. I don't know. Um, but I'll be on that card for sure, and I think that's the most important fight coming back for boxing. Uh, I know a few local people are running some um, local fight nights with a couple of people on the cards and stuff like that, but... I think Bob Aaron was talking about picking that fight up on ESPN over in the States. So, you know, it's a massive, it'll be a massive platform to be on. Um, I'll be on that card for sure. I don't know how far down because there'll be a few, few of the um, DNL guys on it. I'm saying like Ty Opataya, Brock Jarvis probably try to be on it. Uh, Leon Wilson's another weapon as well. So there's a stable of five of us for the sign to DNL. Um, hopefully he just stacks that card with all us and then um, gets some opponents. And the other thing too, I think it'll be all Aussies versus Aussie or Aussie versus New Zealand because they can't get internationals in. So we'll have to fight, clean out our own backyard, which I like as well. So 
Um, you can't go on to bigger and better things if you haven't beaten the guys here in your own backyard. And that's how Adrian brought me up in the fight scene in MMA, and that's how we're going to do it in boxing as well. It looks like you're on your way to kind of creating this reputation like you did in MMA in boxing to where no one's going to want to fight you. It seems like right now it's going to be difficult for you to get an opponent. Yeah, um, when, it has been. Yeah. Oh, it has been. So, like, you know, how many guys have turned you down over the past couple of years? Yeah, it's been the first three they jumped at it because they seen MMA guy and they're like, mm -hmm. we'll smack his head in. But um, I turned that around real quick. I got all those were first round, first minute finishes. So, um, but it has been really hard for my matchmaker to lock in an opponent. Um, and I think at the moment, like, because I haven't had much, ex I haven't had an amateur boxing fight. So I haven't done my apprenticeship in boxing, but, you know, amateur boxing and professional boxing, two different sports. But, um, I have been fighting for a long time. I have been fighting professionally for quite a long time. I've had, you know, 15 professional fights all up. Plus, I've had, you know, I've fought in Thailand, Muay Thai. I've had three kickboxing fights here in Brisbane. I've done amateur, like a one-night tough man in boxing. I've had amateur MMA fights. So all up, I've had 26, 27-something fights. So I'm experienced on the big stage, and that's the same with, um, you know, as a professional MMA fighter, I fought in big crowds. So... Going over to boxing, only six fights in. I'm relatively unknown, and the the way up for fighting me is um, the risk doesn't reward very much. I'm only six fights in, and if they knock me over, you know they beat a six and zero guy. Yeah, taking an O off a guy's curl, but you know I'm not that much of a reward for these guys that are in front of me. The guys in front of me, they've all had 10, 15 plus fights. So for someone to be 15 and one, or 15 and three, or 20 and two. I fight someone 6-0, and if they beat me, they have a big whoop. you got four times the experience as him. If they lose to me, it's like, fuck, they'll see you later. They'll just pack your gloves up, go home. Like, uh, so it's going to be hard in that sense to fight, like a big name in boxing, that one I need to sort of really project myself. But now it's probably just going to be, hopefully people around my same experience, but even then, like, those guys probably don't want to take, they're, they're not taking the fight anyway. So there was one locked-in guy, Bo Hardis. That was the one before we will got all locked down and he agreed to take the fight which was cool so but um i think he's injured himself but yeah it's frustrating at times and you know i've bounced all around weight classes i'm a 72 kilo fighter middleweight that's in boxing um and my first three are light heavyweight and then it was super middleweight and then i got locked in at middleweight and they had to jump up to you know catch weight i need a fight at middleweight to get ranked there and move myself forward in that division so um any of the top middleweights i'll fight it's just a matter of if they want to fight me and get it done, which they'll have to if they want to get a paycheck because then we're not fighting any internationals. But that's the other thing too. Like Everyone wants to fight an international, an American or a European or whatever, But um, and I'm not that, but you got to fight now in these circumstances, someone from our own backyard if you want to have a fight. So hopefully we can get something over the line and someone locked in. Definitely. Well, you know, you got to, you know, take out the, the line in, in Australia, New Zealand, and then you move yeah, over stateside, Europe, yeah, you yeah. know, wherever you can yeah. get it, right? 100%. So what what is the, the timeline for you? You know what I mean? Are you just taking it slow or do you have like a set goals in mind for like a, a time period, uh, you know, like where you want to be in your career? Uh, I, love, I write goals at the start of each year, how many fights I want to have. I'm contracted to have four fights a year, which probably won't happen this year, so... I'd like to turn them out and get to that world ranking, that 10 and 0, 15 and 0, get that world ranking in one of the uh, sanctioning bodies and then just go from there. Within three years, well, I'm 6 and 0 now, within three years, I want to be up there in the high teens as fights. You know, I'll be 20, 
six then, 27. Um, you know, around that 17 and 0, you know, sort of mark. And that's when the world rank comes. That's when the big fights come. Um, within three years, I think there's a timeline. But for now, it's a little bit funny with the obvious situation. But three years, I'll have something wrapped around me and um, have a lot of money in the bank. Build my house, pay off everything, build Blair a massive new gym, you know, put a level on that. Fucking all the boys at work getting pools in the house, whatever. Everything, everyone is getting what they want when I make it. No doubt, man. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing your journey, man, continuing your journey and uh, following you. And, and hopefully, uh, I think a lot of people just like myself would like to see you after you finish your, your boxing career in MMA yeah, in the UFC. It is, it'll happen like, later down the track, though. So can't open up too many doors yet because mm -hmm. people start calling me a pussy, come back here and there. But yeah. I can't at the moment. So he's all fucking lucky. But um, there's a few people I like to chin when I get back. Um, it'll happen. They, they're not done with me yet. Those four ounces to my hands are so much sharper. Mm. They thought I was a bad man then. Wait till I get back.